Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to this Friday episode of The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, coming up this Sunday, it's Father's Day here in the U.S. Do you have any plans for the day? Will you be celebrating with your father? Or are you a dad and you'll have your family do something special for you? Will it be a day of grilling in the backyard or going to a park or the beach, dinner at dad's favorite restaurant? Here's another question for you. Do you know when Father's Day was established as a permanent federal holiday in the United States? It's more recent than you might think. In fact, I'll invite you to call in with your guesses and come on, don't Google it, you know, make it an actual guess. But you can call in right now with your guess of when you think Father's Day received an official presidential proclamation making it a permanent federal holiday. Permanent, that's, that's kind of a key word there. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. When was Father's Day made a permanent federal holiday here in the U.S.? I'll give you some more details about the history. First of all, Mother's Day was made an official holiday, national holiday for the U.S. in 1914, and that was by President Woodrow Wilson. Mother's Day, it was made a federal holiday prior to Father's Day, so there's one hint for you. So it's sometime after 1914. But before 1914, many states and communities, they'd have their own Mother's Day celebrations and these observances, and those could float on the calendar. There was no set day like we have now. But it was while attending one of those local Mother's Day events at a church service in Spokane, Washington, and this was back in 1909, And there was a woman there attending this church service. Her name is Sonora Smart Dodd. And she thought to herself, well, if mothers have a day set aside to recognize and honor the loving service that moms provide, why can't we do the same for fathers? So Sonora, when she was 16, her mother, Ellen, died. And that left her father, William, as a single dad raising his young children who were still there in the home. William had 14 children total. But when his wife died... Sonora and her five younger brothers, they were still the ones there at home. So Sonora, she said her father did an outstanding job raising them. And years later in an interview with the local paper, the Spokane Daily Chronicle, she said, I remember everything about him. He was both father and mother to me and my brothers and sisters. So in 1910, Sonora brought a petition before the Spokane Ministerial Alliance to recognize the courage and the devotion of all fathers like her own, like William. And she wanted to hold this special day of observance on her father's birthday, on William's birthday, and that was June 5th. And so all of the local clergy who received this petition from Sonora, they liked this idea of a special Father's Day service in all of the local churches. 
But they needed a little more time to coordinate everything, so they pushed the date just a little bit, and it landed on June 19th. That was the third Sunday in June. And then on that very first Father's Day in 1910, again, this is just in that local community observance there, all the church sermons across Spokane, they were dedicated to fathers. Red and white roses were passed out in honor of living and deceased fathers. And both the mayor of Spokane, as well as the governor of Washington, issued proclamations. And Sonora, she kept at it, not just settling for an annual Father's Day holiday to be observed locally, She worked to make it a national holiday, but it took a little time. So what do you think? Any ideas of what year Father's Day was made a permanent federal holiday in the U.S.? Well, believe it or not, it was actually Richard Nixon who signed the official proclamation making Father's Day a federal holiday, and this was in 1972. I couldn't believe it when I actually read that. It's only been observed nationally for about the last 50 years. Well, today here on The Inner Life, we want to look ahead to Father's Day coming up and look at what genuine fatherhood truly is. How God the Father shows us how fathers should love their families, how they should take on that role. And we want to talk about our relationships with the priests that we know and their role as our spiritual fathers for us as well. And joining us, helping us look at genuine fatherhood today here on The Inner Life, a very regular voice, Father Douglas McKay. He's the founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries Incorporated in the Grays Ferry section of Philadelphia. Father McKay, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life. Did you have any idea in 1972 that it was so late that Father's Day was made a federal holiday? No, not at all, Josh. But what what I was thinking when you were uh, speaking about all this, I was thinking about God the Father and, and and when that religious holiday really started, and it had to be at the Annunciation when Jesus became our our brother, and and the father of Jesus and the father of us of us all. But as you said, that relationship right to God the Father, because uh, He's the Father of all the fathers, Josh. Yeah. Well, and so as we do look at our, the role of fathers in our lives, what are those key elements that any father should take? from that example of God the Father. Yeah, you know, one of the things with, with my father, and uh, one, one of my early images of my father, as I look back at it later on in life, that really resonated with me, with God the Father, was when I was a little boy, toddler, uh, we were watching a, a TV program with my father and my mother and my older brother, Harry, and it was a thousand leagues under the sea, and it was about this gigantic octopus, you know, these eight tentacles with these uh, little suction cups on it. And boy, I was scared. And I remember going to bed that, that night, and I had a nightmare. And this gigantic octopus was trying, it was sucked on my bedroom window, trying to get in and hug me to death. And I remember shouting out and crying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And my father come running into the room, and he picked me up in his in his arms and held me close to his heart and he walked me up and down the bedroom room and he just all he kept saying was shh 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 i got you i got you and as i look back at that josh it's really like that's god the father you know and as a priest as a father to to everyone you know and all god's children I, i think of all the the trials and tribulations and the anxieties and the pressures of priesthood and I think of that, that image, and I can actually 
you know, vi- visualize that with God the Father holding me, saying to Douglas, shh, 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 I got you, Douglas, I got you. And all my fears, all my anxieties, they melt away. But that was that's so images, so many images of, of my father that relates to God the Father. But that was the first one, Josh, that I really, you know, see how God the Father, he just infuses his fatherhood in all the fathers to be fathers to their children, that they too may relate to the one father, to where, where we all come from, where we're going, and where we all belong in the arms of our Heavenly Father. Well, and at different points here on The Inner Life, talking about God as our Father, that's something very, very unique to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, even other, you know, uh, the, the Jewish religion that <clears throat> we come from, you know, where we have our roots, they don't necessarily look at God as Father. Uh, the other monotheistic religion, Islam, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't look at God as Father. This is something very distinct and, and unique to Christianity. Yeah, we wouldn't even know about it without Jesus, our brother. Right. And what you were saying, you you know, that whole thing, the Jewish people, you know, what father would let his son to die that kind of death? That would be in their minds. What father would let their son die such a horrific death like that? And, you know, the whole thing was, where I relate this, do we know who we are? You know, really, we come from our father, we're just one of us. Josh, just one of us, is worth more to him than the whole universe. And he loves each one of us as much as he loves his only son, Jesus Christ. And that's theologically sound, because God never holds back any any of his love. And so I, I often think, you know, um, what father would send his son to die for a pack of animals? We're not animals. A father would send his son to die for his other children. And that's who we are. We're his eternal children. He's manly, extravagantly in love with us. And here's the other thing. It's Jesus who tells us. We're doing the Sermon on the Mount. It started June 7th. It's probably going to go all the way up to, like, uh, June the 25th, you know, the baptism of John. And, you know, in this one sermon, every day we'll hear about this sermon for all these days. He mentions the Father 16 times. And the other day, uh, on Wednesday, if we remember the reading, it was the same reading we have on Ash Wednesdays. And he mentions the Father there in that one, you know, uh, prayer, almsgiving, fasting. He mentions the Father six times. And here's what the other thing that hit me. Josh, you know how you can read Scripture, I don't know, 100, 100 times, 49 times, and then the 50th time, it comes alive in your heart. It penetrates you. It's not that you didn't hear, but it <laughs> right. penetrates you. And the word that penetrated me was six times. Your Heavenly Father, your Father, which is like a machine gun. Your Father, your Father, your Father, your Father, your Father. You know, I'm going to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Uh, one of the big revelations of Jesus is that he wants us to know that his Father is our Father. And that's so beautiful. And I don't know if we grasp that deeply enough, you know, that God is our, our Almighty Father. And sometimes we're, we're like afraid, you know, this, this God Almighty that created the, the heavens and the earth, and of course the Old Testament, you know, with the, the God of wrath. I remember this uh, uh, two frames, it was like a cartoon frame. And pre-Vatican II, it was a little boy reaching over to an apple cart, and he's reaching for an apple, and, and God the Father's uh, behind him with a board saying, let me see you take that apple. That was the wrath of God. Uh, 
post-Vatican II. Uh, uh, you know, the post-Vatican, uh, it's the same frame, the little boy reaching for an apple, God the Father, no board, reaching over the little boy and saying to him, whispering, take two, take two. You might say that's poor theology, but I remember learning theology. If you're starving, uh, you, you have a right to your neighbor's surplus food. And so, you know, and all those apples, and you and me and everything else belongs to the Father, so he can give those apples to whoever he wants. But, uh, you, you know, not to be afraid of him. I mean, how, how do we come to him if I'm afraid of him? Really, we think about it, that he's gentle, he's loving, uh, he is so full of compassion. He, he is so merciful, and that's how Jesus says. And we're more precious to Him than, than all the birds in the sky, all the sparrows. He knows how many hairs are on our head. Uh, we're more beautiful than uh, you know than all the flowers that are going to be burnt uh, in the fire the next day or days after. And how beautiful we are in that image and likeness. And again. You know, when Jesus hung from that cross and he looked down at the very ones that beat him to a pulp, flayed him like a fish, uh, beat him up, cursed him, slapped him around, stripped him in front of his mother, and he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing and makes excuses for them. He wasn't forgiving evil or sin. He saw something beyond that. He saw that image and likeness of God the Father, and that's how we're created, into that image and likeness of, of, of God the Father. And just to, if we can get a peek at that, Josh, just a peek at who I really am, I'm going to fall in love with me, and I'm going to fall in love with everybody else, you know, because we, we won't be over-identifying with character defects and shortcomings in our sinfulness. We would be looking beyond that like the Father does, and seeing this beautiful creation, because the Father does not make junk. We make the junk. But he's the junk collector. And yes, we are all sinners, and that's why he sent his son. I like that saying with G.K. Chesterton. We're all in the same boat, and we're all seasick. And we are, but uh, we're not our sins. God loves us so, so dearly, so, so wonderfully. And just to get that, that sense of who we really are. And, uh, you, know, you know, that first commandment. Love God your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We forget as yourself. I used to always put the, uh, you know, God first, neighbor second, I'm thir third. No, I'm like, you know, second. To, you know, second and third, they go together. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if I'm not loving me, how can I love you? And, and it's that whole thing just to uh, see myself, look beyond all the, all the messiness, and, and just, see, just see that image and that beauty of who we really are, and I love me, and I love you and everyone else, even my enemies as myself, Josh. Well, and I would think that in a culture right now that is so obsessed with equality, that would be such a great message that I want to love you as much as I want to be loved, not that I put you ahead of myself, not that I put myself ahead of you. We are all equal in God's eyes. That's, that's a tough thing, though, too, Father, uh, for us to look and say. It's so easy to look and say. I guess it goes back to the uh, where Jesus says, you know, remove the wooden beam from your own eye before you try and remove the little speck of dust from your brother's eye. It's so easy to point out the faults of others <laughs> and and to not have that attitude of, 
I care for you just as much as I care for myself. Yeah, really, yeah, that, that, that's so true. Uh, you know, to our is human, to forgive is divine. Right. And for me to forgive, I, I need to be connected with the divine. It's all grace. I, I, I need the grace. And, and, you know, really just loving, you know, is really doing what Jesus does. You, you know, loving our enemies, forgiving, you know, our enemies and having compassion on everybody. Uh, and, and that's where we really uh, are Christians the most, where we come into the heart of Christ. And I can't do that. He's the vine, and I'm the branch, and apart from him, I can do nothing, absolutely nothing. And it's like I can't even raise my hand or talk to you on the telephone without the grace that, that he's infusing in our hearts right now. And so what makes me think that I can forgive those who um, who hurt me? You know, that's really uh, it's so uh, it's so divine and to receive that grace and to see yourself doing it. Wow. You know, and then I, I realized that uh, I have nothing of myself and I share in this divine life of God. I, too, can forgive. I can be patient and kind and compassionate and merciful. I can be loving because it, it comes through me, but not from me. It comes right from the indwelling presence in your heart and my heart that God is right there with us through it all, empowering us with this Holy Spirit to live that gospel, that whole gospel, and nothing but the gospel, Josh. Our spiritual director today, Father Douglas McKay. He's the founder and spiritual director of Our House Ministries in the Grays Ferry section of Philadelphia. He also serves as the chaplain of the Calix Society, which proclaims the Catholic faith to alcoholics and drug addicts and family members and friends affected by those addictions uh, there in that area as well. And we're talking about understanding Authentic Christian fatherhood, especially looking at the role of fathers leading up to Father's Day this Sunday. And how has your father been a role model of God's love for you? Did you have a difficult relationship with your father? And do you struggle with that concept of God as a loving father? We'd love to hear how you have encountered God the Father and been able to experience that love maybe seen your own earthly father live out that role for you. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Douglas McKay. And uh, today we're talking about fatherhood. How has your father been a role model of God's love for you? Do you have a, did you have a difficult relationship with your father? Do you struggle with that concept of God as loving father? Maybe uh, your father was so loving and such a good image 
a reflection of God the Father's love that it has helped you in your faith journey. We'd love to hear how that's happened in your life. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father McKay, continuing our conversation, with all the years that you've worked with different families as a priest, what are some of the common traits that you've observed in fathers who really stand out to you as just being so solid in that role as a father? You know? Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. Great. Well, I was just asking, with all your years of working with different families there in different parishes as a priest, what are some of the common traits that you have observed in different fathers who really stand out in your mind as being maybe just that really outstanding role of a dad? Yeah, you know, I, I just see the images of a, of a wonderful father, somebody who's really there for their children. You know, they're good. Provi- you know, be a good provider and taking care of all the needs of of your children. To have a good listening ear, you know, and especially when I think when 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 your children are hurt, you know, just to you know embrace them or or they're afraid, you know, just to console them. You know, just like God the Father, really. You, you know, all those traits of His that would come through our our, our our human fathers to to our children. But um, compassion and spending time with with your children and um, giving them gifts, you know, love and um, hugs and um, just being there for them. Um, so very basic yeah, things. Yeah, really, they really are. You know, and it's it's all out of love. Out of love, and you, you see that you know. You look, I look at Saint Joseph. You know how he just took care of Jesus in so many beautiful ways. He was always there, and a lot of things are not there in the scriptures. But you could understand that Joseph would take his son, perhaps on camping trips, and teaching him the scriptures. That's the other thing, fathers, to really teach the faith to your children, because it's not about this world. You know, we're pilgrims, and we're going through this world, and we're, we're going to where we belong, in those verdant pastures beside restful waters, and to that instill that in our children, that we're, we're created for all eternity to be these eternal children, you know. And, and when you look at your, our fathers, to, to see that, that basic goodness, you know, and again, all the goodness, you know, comes through our fathers, uh, but it doesn't come from our fathers. And, you know, it's all grace, and we see God's fatherly love in, in everything, in the stars that shine upon us, the sunset that, that sets upon us, the sunrise that rises upon us. We look at his beautiful flowers, you know. Uh, we, we eat his food. Everything belongs to him. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi said that uh, everything I have, I have received on loan. It's all from him. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, St. Joseph is such a wonderful image of God the, Father, God the Father. And, you know, with Joseph, he's he's hidden in so many ways, too. You know, like God the Father is hitting. But G.K. Chesterton said that when our Lord, when he was a toddler, and he climbed up on the Blessed Mother's lap and looked into her eyes, and she looked into his eyes, it was God looking at God. And I, th- I see that same way with Joseph, when he jumped up on his, the lap of his father and looked in his eyes, that Joseph was a reflection of his father. He could see his father in Joseph, because his father lives us in all, in all of us. You know, but that, that, that love, you know, that the father is not behind, he didn't create us high behind a cloud. We listen to Jesus, you know, I do the works of the Father. Philip, when you see me, you see the Father. 
you know, the, the Holy Trinity, it's one. And we, when we think of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, that we receive the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and that Mass, Josh, is, is so beautiful when our Lord said, be perfect and holy like your Heavenly Father. And people say, well, how can that be? I could never do that. Well, I can't, but He can. But you know when I'm perfect and you're perfect? If our hearts are right at that Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, at that elevation, you know, Jesus takes all the sins, and he takes all the shame and the guilt, and we're presented to God our Father. And, and what does he do? He gives his Son right back to us in Holy Communion. You know, what a Father, what, what, what uh, extravagant love. He gives us everything, everything. He can't give us any more. He gave us his only begotten Son. Just look at the cross and see how much we're really loved. So I, I would say to all fathers that more important than anything else is really instilling the faith in their children. You know, parents, fathers are the first educators of our Catholic right. faith. And that's where I really found my faith first at home. You know, my father showed me God the Father. My mother showed me the Mother Mother Mary. And we had all the images in our house, the Sacred Heart, the Crucifix, you know, the Statue of the Blessed Mother. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't forget any of those things. You know, they're instilled in my heart. I know who I am and, and where I'm going. I thank God for my my father and my mom and, and, all, and, and all my friends and teachers and uh, professors who really, you know, instilled all this in me and affirmed all these truths in me that... I'm a child of the Father, and I'm on my way home, and I'm going there with a smile. I'm happy because I, I know where I'm going and where I belong with my Heavenly Father. Yeah, well, <laughs> it reminds me of an image of a little child running up and grabbing their father's legs when he gets home from work or from a business trip. Mm. I love that, Father. Yeah. Um, Father, we've got a number yeah. of people who are calling in, and let's go to the phones. Again, our phone line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our spiritual director, Father Douglas McKay, as we're talking about authentic Christian fatherhood, how has your father been that role model of God's love for you? We've got Charlene, who's listening in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Charlene. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I loved my father. He wasn't, um, the best man, but I loved him very, very much. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but how God was shown to me, um, fully and completely was with my husband and how he fathered our children. And I just cry out to all men out there. We need you. We need the men to be in the family and be the God in their family. And my husband is that man, and I thank God for him every day, and I thank him for my father, too, um, because oftentimes through the sins of our father, through the things that we, you know, the mistakes that they made, it strengthens us. And um, I was very careful with the husband that I picked, because of my father, and I loved him. I do. I love my father. Um, but he lacked in uh, the spiritual, the religious, you know, bringing. Uh, we went to Mass every Sunday, but that's pretty much where it ended. And my husband is so much different. So that's my comment. Uh, thank you, Charlene. You know, you talk about love and you see all that love. You, you, you made me think about just. Uh, 
John the Apostle in, in his uh, letters in the New Testament that God is love, and who abides in love abides in, in God. And the other thing you kept mentioning family, you know, the head of the family and you're know, taking care of the family, and, you know, we need the fathers there in the family. And how much love, you know, with your husband and, and your dad showed all that, that love and compassion and concerns and just, you know. one of the words that hit me was family, when you said family. There's an acronym for family, and uh, I can hear it uh, with, your, with your father and, and also with your husband. Family, F-A-M-I-L-Y, forget about me, I love you family and that's what it's all about we forget ourselves fathers forget about themselves and they think about their children their wives and their family thank you charlene yeah it's beautiful charlene thank you for calling in father joanne is listening in northern new jersey hi joanne you're on the air with father mckay today thank you so much for taking my call my father his name is joseph he um had nine children five girls four boys and he always had a rosary in his pocket. He was very, very strong on his love for the Lord and how gracious. And times were difficult, you know, with nine kids. But he always managed. And right before he died, he said, you know, Joanne, I want to write a poem quickly, quickly. And he died within hours after this poem. But he said, thank you, God, for the breath you gave me today, for my family and my friends, for all the love that was reciprocated to me. Thank you for my Catholic faith. I love you, God. I learned so much from God. I wouldn't live without him. This is a simple man, and I am a, this is a simple poem. He loved the Lord, and he showed it, it reflected in his life every day. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Joanne. Uh, th- that's what I was saying, that the best gift our fathers can give us is really to uh, teach us the faith, and not only teach us, but to show us. And your dad showed you that, Joanne, with the rosary. And you made me think about my dad. My my dad always had uh, so many medals around his neck. I don't think he could go swimming. He would drown, you know, and, and the crucifix. And whenever he saw me distress, or, or he got distressed, he would always uh, tap all the medals and the crucifix. And when he would see me, like, doing, you know, distress and all, he would say, God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. And God does take care of it. The Father does take care of everything. It's so beautiful. But, yeah, you know, thank you for sharing your 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 your, your dad with us, Joseph. And um, he really revealed to you, you know, God the Father, and it's so uh, refreshing to hear that. Thank you, Joanne. Well, and Father McKay, as we're talking here, you know, we're getting some really wonderful stories of people who are calling in with how their fathers were that example. What if I did have that difficult relationship with my father and it's hard for me to get around whatever, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's just hurt, maybe it was an absent father, somebody who wasn't there and I just lack that role of seeing someone in my life in that, in that father position how can I take some steps forward to get a better or a, I guess, a reworked understanding of what a father should be to help me draw closer to our Heavenly Father? Right. Yeah, we, we all, you know, we've been hearing wonderful stories about our fathers, our father images, and so easy to relate to that. Not everyone has that. You know, I work with addicts, Josh, and... I just remember when I worked at St. Gabriel's Hall with the Christian brothers and I had access to the files. 
and once one one young boy, his father was a warlock, and um, the the young boy, his son, got caught stealing, and the father beat him up, you know, not because he was stealing, but because he got caught, and and that and that's going to be the image of of, his, of the heavenly father, you know, and you see uh, fathers are not to judge any fathers because we're you know, we're all wounded, you know, we're. And, we don't we don't know what's going on in some somebody's heart. Maybe that father was abused by his father and goes all the way back to the uh, you know the apple you know the forbidden fruit. We were at a we were at a meeting one time and uh, one of the uh, ladies in recovery said, "I don't get this. All this over an apple? It's all the effects of, of original sin. These abuses and again we're we're not our sins. But you know I wanted to say this as a kid." I remember there was a beer game here, you know, uh, and uh, all the fathers were there, and all my friends were there, and it was our fathers playing baseball, and and it was the last inning, and my father was up to, to the to the plate, and he hit the longest ball, and but this one one father, he kind of leaped that center field fence and caught the ball and ended the game. A little bit more, my father would have won the game. So after the game, we're all sitting around, and I'm saying, you, you know, my father hit the longest ball. And then the other kid would brag and say, yeah, well, my father caught the ball and ended the game and, and won the game. Right. My dad and can beat he, up your dad. Or that's it. That's it. My, my yeah. dad's a, a, more powerful than a locomotive and faster than a speeding bullet and can leap bounds. You know, but as I start growing older, you, you know, I start to tower over my father in height. And, and I realized my father is not, um, you know, everything that I thought he was. And, and especially people who are really hurting for a father image, and they can't see it in their fathers, that's where we transcend to God the Father. Because God the Father is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, can leap bounds in a single bound. My Father is Superman, God the Father. And, and I think we need to transcend that and realize that I have a father, you know, and I can look at so many beautiful fathers, you know, and see that's what God the Father's like if I can't see it in my own human father. And to pray for my human father. I deal with, you know, addicts in recovery, and, and you know, their, fa- their fathers were addicts in recovery, and they were hurt. And so pray for them, pray for them. We're not our sins again. We're not our shortcomings. We're children of God, and he, and Jesus comes to heal all that, take all those wounds away and restore us and redeem us back to our Heavenly Father. That's what the Father, he sent his son, go and bring my children home. It's like the whole thing is like, I, I often would say this, when baby Jesus was in the manger, his arms are open. I come to take you home, and on the crucifix, the arms are open. I come to take you home. It's all about our homecoming to the Father, to the Father, to the Father. Our spiritual director, Father Douglas McKay, founder and spiritual director of our house ministries there in the Gray Ferry, Ferry, Gray's Ferry section of Philadelphia. And we're talking about authentic Christian fatherhood, how your father has lived that out for you, how we see that in God the Father, our relationship with him, and how has your father been that role model of God's love for you? Did you have a difficult relationship with your father? Do you struggle with that concept of God as a loving father? Well, Father McKay is here to give you some help, give you some uh, guidance on that spiritual journey. And our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, email address relevantradio.com. And we'll take more of your phone calls and continue talking with Father McKay right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Father uh, Douglas McKay is our spiritual director here. And, uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got A.J. who's listening in Portland, Oregon. Hi, A.J. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. Um, You are asking for examples of of folks who have overcome um, fathers that were very human. Um, My father was bipolar, non-medicated, so we never knew what kind of dad was coming home from work every day. And it was not... It, it wasn't good. And then he abandoned us when we were 10. But when I was a teenager, I was looking for security and safety and the embrace of a father's arms, much like many of us do get with our biological fathers. And I found that in the church. And I found it in the church by looking at the lives of the saints, St. Saint Joseph and the community members in the church that embraced me as a teenager and help fill that role of father and that is who introduced me to god the father is these community members and learning about the saints who were good fathers and thankfully i have uh reconnected with my dad and now we're moving into the elderly um care stage like you were just mentioning um ironically but one of the questions you asked was, how do you get past that if you did not have that good role model of a father? And my answer would be, look to the community and look to the saints. Hey, Jay, that is beautiful, you know, and, and that's so true. You, you know, they, they all lead us to God the Father, and, uh, and we're all brothers and sisters. We're just one, one family together, and um, I think I like even the Mother Church, you, you know, and everything we need is, is right here in our church. I think of the Holy Eucharist, uh, all the blessings just come right out of that. The greatest love story ever told in this little white host, and all the graces and healing graces and all the strength and everything that we need come right from that. AJ, one one of the uh, images that I had, I used to always say to the people when somebody would die, and we would have, like, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance, and I would say, you know, this is the wind of the heaven. Our loved ones are on the other side, and we can wave to them, and they can wave back to us, because heaven can't wait for us. That's why we have the Mass, the Eucharist. It's that window. But one day as I was kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, what I saw in my heart was God the Father's arms wide open, and all my loved ones, my mother and father, friends and relatives, you know, he was just kind of embracing them all, and they're all waving, and I'm waving back, you know, and realizing where they are, I, I, I am going. And it made me think of Danny Thomas, make room for Daddy. It's like, make room for God the Father, because he's always with us. Thank you, AJ. AJ, I'm so glad you called in, too, just because I'm sure there's so many other people who have dealt with what you have gone through or might be in the midst of it. And just I, I appreciate the encouragement you give to all of those listening out there. Uh, Father McKay, let's go back to the phones. And again, our phone lines are open as we're talking about Christian fatherhood, how we live that out in our lives. Uh, how has your father shown you the love of God the Father, been that example of God the Father's love? We've got Ann listening in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, Ann. Welcome to The Inner Life today. You're on the air with Father McKay. 
Hi, thank you. Um, I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic, very abusive and stuff. And my mother died when she was 61. And I had prayed to God that my father would die first, and um, which didn't happen, which was really what God planned. Anyhow, um, one day um, I was taking care of my dad and making sure he was okay and stuff. And one day um, I was just, I was just so distraught and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And and, um, I, as I was walking on my walk, I felt like it was a beautiful spring day with puffy white clouds and the blue skies. And I felt like this, this sense of like a yellow fluffy blanket being wrapped around me. And I heard the voice of God said, um, I am your heavenly father. I have always loved you and I will always love you. He is your, he's your earthly father. He's done the best he could. And that was the beginning of the healing of um, our relationship. And uh, many other things happened. I ended up going through a grief to grace retreat. I was able to be with my father at his bedside and die- when he died. As I was the only one of the six kids that were there at his bedside. And I prayed the rosary and the divine mercy chaplet. And I sprinkled holy water on him. And I stood up and I said, you know, in the name of in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, Satan, leave my father alone, because I knew, you know, it was a battle going on, and um, I just feel really blessed that I was able to do that for my dad, and I was able to do it because of my relationship with God. Hmm. Wow, and that's that's really beautiful. I, I love that story, and you just heard God the Father speak to you, I'm your father. And your dad's doing the best he can. And, you know, I work with uh, addicts, alcoholics, and I love every single one of them. And I see how hard they really try and how powerful these drugs are and, and alcohol. And, and one of the things I a lot of people never heard of is that St. Monica is one of our go-tos because St. Monica, the mother of St. Augustine, was an alcoholic. And um, a lot of people don't know that. And when she, before she was married, there were three girls, and they had a wine cellar. And um, Monica would go down to that wine cellar and gulp the wines and really, you know, get really tipsy. And the maidservant said to her one day, you're a wine bibber. And Monica has her um, uh, divine moment, you know, her, her moment of truth. And she gives up the alcohol. And she's going to live with an alcoholic husband. And anyway, she gives it up, but she understands it. But this is what her son said, Augustine. And this is 1,600 years ago. Augustine said, my mother had a disease, and there was no cure for it except the medicine of God. And when I was listening to you with your father, it was like your devotions, you know, your, your Catholic living gave you that strength to see that your dad, uh, he was doing the best he can. You heard that from God the Father, that he has a sickness. And a lot of times we want to say an alcoholic or a drug addict, snap out of it, stop doing drugs. Well, try to tell somebody, you know, uh, get rid of your cancer or your heart disease. Well, you wish you could. You wish you could. It's either a disease or it's not a disease, and it's a terrible disease. And when you're dying from cancer and alcoholism, um, you, you know, you've got, you got the flies around you, really. You, you know, you know uh, when you die from um, heart attacks and all, you get your family around you because it brings in morality and anger and depression, and it's so hard to live with people like that. But to get those words from God the Father, what he said to you, to look beyond that and see the hurt and the sickness and the pain and give love. Just keep giving love, just like God gives his love to us when we sin. But thank you, and that was really a confirmation uh, with God the Father and helping you to work with your, your father who wasn't so present to you. 
God bless you. Yeah, and uh, another another great call there. And Father, we are down to about our last oh, 20 seconds here. So would I be able to ask you to offer all of our listeners out there, and especially all the fathers, a final blessing? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God, our Father, we praise you and thank you for, for all of our fathers and, and for staying with us all and all our fathers and giving us all those wonderful, beautiful graces that come from your heart through Jesus' sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Bless all of our fathers who are home with you, our deceased fathers and our grandfathers and our fathers who are struggling today in our world. Let us know that grace that, that is always there for us and bless us all, especially our fathers the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Douglas McKay, thanks so much for being our spiritual director today. Of course, if you're listening and you didn't hear some of the earlier portion of the program, as always, go back and check out the podcast at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And, of course, want to wish you a happy Father's Day coming up this Sunday. And stay with us uh, next week. We're going to have some wonderful programs ahead. And, of course, Mass is next here on Relevant Radio.